If you like nightmares about serial killers, sleazy one-night stands, and painting counterfeit artwork, then this episode of Riverdale is for you. I'm Lisa and I'm Dawn and this is I Hate It Let's Watch It where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. We have seven years to cover tonight and to get us started here's our 60 second summary. We pick up seven years later with Archie, who is being discharged from active duty with the Army so he can run the RROTC program in, where else? Riverdale. Upon his return, Archie is devastated to find the town in shambles. He reconnects with newly anointed Serpent Queen Tony Topaz, who tells him that Hiram Lodge and his right-hand man, Reggie, are destroying Riverdale to make way for a new town for rich people called Sodale. Tony also reveals that Cheryl has become an unhinged recluse, determined to live out her days unhappy and alone because she can never escape the Blossom Curse. Speaking of unhappy and alone, we check in on Jughead, who is struggling to fulfill his destiny of becoming a successful young author. Writer's block makes him so miserable that his girlfriend and dumps him and he is pretty much drowning in debt. On the flip side, Veronica has never been richer having married a Wall Street guy and started her own slightly shady side business on the down low. She starts to worry that she may have married her father and I'm here to ask who didn't see that shit coming. Betty is training to be an FBI agent but her progress has been sidelined after she was abducted by and failed to apprehend a prolific serial killer. Her guilt haunts her but that doesn't stop her from dropping everything to return to Riverdale when Archie calls. In fact, the whole gang finally reunites with Pops where Archie rallies them to the cause of saving Riverdale from Hiram Lodge. Again. P.S. Pop Tate is retiring and we really can't blame him. Don, you have to help me with something. Go for it. What the fuck is Veronica's job? What is she doing? <laughs> what is her business? I'm right there with you because I think I wrote in my notes a few times in parentheses, jeweler, question mark? Pawn shop, I, uh, right. question mark? <laughs> and, and why are all of her customers super Sleazy. shady people? Oh, wow. Every single man who came in there has cheated on somebody or done something really terrible or is implied to have done something terrible. Are they trading jewelry? Because I feel like the first sleazy dude that was getting his girlfriend whatever. That she talked him up to something more expensive. Yes, she talked him up to something else, but it looked as if he was giving it to her and then she it was a trade of some sort. I honestly... Which kind of... I don't know. And then there was like one moment where she was uh, talking to some other... I think his name was like Big T or Double T. Something T. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, thanks for that advice on my portfolio. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm just you know, doing stocks on the side here. And it was like, what? The, what is this business that you're running? I don't understand. I, yeah, I was extremely confused given the whole scenario of her, get, you know, she got her phone call from her husband, which we will get into. Yeah, I'm sorry to start like right in the middle of the episode, but this was honestly something that I had serious questions about I didn't understand. No, that's fine, because that's what we're here for. Um, we're going to cut it down. We now know that seven years later that Veronica is married. It's their year anniversary. And she wants to be the she-wolf of Wall Street. Oh my god. I don't ever want to hear that phrase again in my lifetime. She said it several times. Oh, I know. I'm aware. Yes. Every single time it made me want to rip my eardrums out. I hated it a lot. Uh, I have to say, I was prepared based upon his name and on his very punchable face. I was prepared to really hate Chadwick and I didn't. I agree. He seems very level-headed. He does! And nothing like... Yes! Nothing like Hiram! Which there is we go. all that anybody ever said in this episode about him. And I just thought that was not fair at all. He I... seemed to have her well-being at heart. Like, he, he, he gave a shit. And that was... Yeah. Not only 
did he obviously care about her? He's first of all, he's understandably upset when he finds out that she's been lying to him about where she works. And again, when you ask, what does she do? What was the initial job that she was not at? So she was working at Lacey's with Katie Keene, but like, I don't. What is Lacey? Oh, we didn't watch it's that Macy's. show. Macy's. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Please, you're, you're stop. gonna have to dig way back. But um, when she went to go visit Katie yes. Keene at some point, she like met her at Lacey's, and it's basically Macy's, uh, where she does her fashion designing or whatever. God, I so, have another one of those too, where they change the name that I have to discuss. Oh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, because I I don't want to spoil it by just no. bringing it up too soon, <laughs> but. Yeah, so he's understandably upset when he discovers that she's been lying about her job. That makes total sense. And after they fight, he sincerely apologizes. In a very nice way. Takes total responsibility for the fact that they fought in the first place. Buys her flowers and a very expensive Glamourge egg. Oh, the Glamourge egg. Which they try to make sound like it's this really sinister gift because Hiram used to buy them for Hermione. But again, like, is that the the closest we're getting to Hiram in this situation? I think that's what we're people are kind of grasping at straws to try to make a comparison but i don't see one i really don't i think he's a level-headed dude i mean his job is bringing in stable like legitimate and she is just so wrapped up in that (laughs) vigilante lifestyle (laughs) no but like just the the very corrupt lifestyle she's used to that so this is too low-key for her she's so shady she needs to she needs to vamp it up and feel that adrenaline rush of at any moment somebody could Getting be banging caught. on the doors yeah. And cops are freaking that's, raiding the place. That's totally the the sense I was getting. And when they kept comparing Chad to Hiram, I was like, no, Veronica is behaving like Hiram. And Veronica is lying and being super shady about everything. This is not fair to tell anybody that, that Chad is being like Hiram. Right. Although I do feel like that's what the show is setting up. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Because first of all, I always felt that Hiram and Veronica's relationship was very creepy. So to have her actually marry somebody who they are intending to be just like Hiram is gross to me. But at this point, we have no reason to believe that he is anything like Hiram. No. He's, they're trying to portray him as controlling, but his intentions were good. And I honestly think their problems come from Veronica not communicating what she wants from the relationship. Right, that's the issue. He'll bring up... Even when he said, oh, maybe we'll have a kid this year, and Veronica's like, hopefully, but you can tell that she actually doesn't want to have a kid. Why wouldn't you just in that moment be like, you know what, I think we're on different timelines here. We should have a serious discussion about when we want to have kids, because I think you want them sooner than I do. An adult would say that. Right. And Veronica's just like, yeah, whatever, hopefully, sure love to have just just to shut him up but that's yeah. you know because she's used to again she is a spinning image of her dad and that's just how things roll and even when she you know goes to talk to her mom who was doing her housewife tagline at the moment is that what it is i didn't know what it was i, oh, I couldn't yes. tell if it was a commercial or she was doing a sponsorship for something because I'll tell she was you, famous. You it know was, what? It was good. Okay. I, as a, as a uh, housewife aficionado, I have to say it was a very, very good tagline. I'm so glad you're here to inform me of what these <laughs> things are because I'm very lost. On but that. yeah, so 
Veronica goes to visit her at the set and they talk a little bit. And even I think Hermione tried to. Hermione said, and I wrote this down because it really offended me. She said that Chad is vain like Hiram. I didn't see any indication that Chadwick was vain. And they talk about how when Veronica and Chad used to work together on Wall Street that Veronica always outperformed him. And then they're assuming that this emasculates Chad in some way, shape, or form. But we don't have any proof that he actually feels that way. Right, and that's Or not- that that was why he encouraged her to stop working on Wall Street. For all we know, he encouraged her to stop working on Wall Street because he was worried that it was putting a lot of stress on her. And he thought that they were getting ready to have a baby and didn't want that to be a factor in there. Which, you know, is that a little bit more overbearing than you would like in a partner? Maybe. But it was coming from a, a more sincere place than if he was just concerned about competing with his wife at work yeah i didn't find it to be malicious or selfish in any regard at this point no i have a feeling they're going to take us down that route and maybe we'll be looking back next week and be like oh well he actually is kind of a jerk but at this point with the information that we have right now all i see is veronica being a shady bitch and chad is doing his damn best right like she's (laughs) bored with this at this point like she's kind of one of those wives that is like uh I'm bored with you. I want to get over it. Why did she get married? It all, I don't, like, she talks about how their I relationship know more used about to be that. at first and how it was the so great. The sex was amazing. Yeah, but if she was so happy with the way that things were, why change the relationship? Why rush into marriage? Why do any of that? Well, piggybacking off of what we were talking about on why she's no longer working Wall Street and The how, accident? The accident. The accident. On... Marsha's vineyard. <laughs> I cringe so hard. I laughed both times I watched this episode. <laughs> I only watched it once and it's haunting me. Um, I was I was even expecting it the second time and I just giggled anyway. But yeah, it was a helicopter accident. And yeah. I still kind of want to know how severe it was. Like, he says she almost died. She almost they died. almost died. So that's where his concern is from, which is perfectly normal. Yes. But again, we don't know why it happened, how it happened. We don't know why that affected anything else in their relationship. Because looking at both of them, they seem perfectly fine Stable. and able. And yeah. like, you know. No injuries. No, no lasting injuries. Not like anybody got paralyzed or deformed or, you know, in any way incapable of having a career or a life. Right. It's very strange. And given that they've only been married for a year, it seems like very odd for this relationship to be deteriorating this quickly to, to this point where they're where Veronica seems to really not want to be a part of it anymore. I just don't know. There's got to be something there. else. There has to be something else. And if I can just say and I'm going to say this a couple of times tonight, but I think if I've learned anything from this episode of Riverdale, it's that all of these people should be in therapy because none of these idiots are dealing with their emotional baggage over the years to the point where, you know, now seven years later, they're dealing with a lot of the same shit that they were dealing with seven years ago. And even Veronica and Chad, who are fairly new, should be in counseling regarding this accident because obviously it was serious and impacted their timelines and the way that they view their relationship. And And now it's being swept under the rug. Yeah. and, And they're not dealing with it in any productive way. And that's 
the story of this entire episode. Nobody is dealing with their shit in a productive way, and it's very frustrating. It is frustrating, because you, you mentioned therapy, which I think we've mentioned probably almost every episode so far we've done. <laughs> These people should be in therapy! And it, it looks as though, if I may segue into Betty Berry... Mm, I figured you were going there. She's now in Quantico, FBI training, and she clearly sits down with a therapist through the FBI... I have a feeling that that's required, though. Oh, great. That's... She should. Well, yes, but she's clearly not taking it seriously. No, because she's lying all the fucking time. Through her teeth. And that bothers me so much because it's like you have... You have this outlet to let it... Like, just purge everything. And given her circumstances right now, which we'll get into, just say just say it. I don't yeah. understand why you won't talk about it when you're given the opportunity to. I'm not condoning it, and I don't think it's right, but she wants to be back working this serial killer case. And obviously, she's not going to be able to do that without clearance that she's mentally capable of working on this case. I don't think they'd let any normal person work a case that they were involved in. A victim in. of? <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, I think, common sense. A little bit but... too close to it. But you're not going to get Betty away from it. You know, she's she's in too deep, apparently. And she's too invested. She's not going to go away. And her murder boards are alive and well, so... They're great. She le- she learned from she that. learned from Charles. Oh, you know what really bothered me? Now that you've mentioned Charles, first of all, I don't like Glenn. Um, the first thing I wrote down was very creepy. Glenn's a creep, yeah. Um, and then I couldn't figure out initially if he was hitting on her unwarranted and unwelcomed. And then yep. later when he was like, ooh, do I get a kiss? And she kissed him and she was like, yeah, obviously I'll give you a kiss. I was you like, gotta watch oh. my cat. Yeah, I guess there was something going on there, but Betty doesn't seem into it at all. The thing that really bothered me about him was when Betty said she was going back to Riverdale and he was like, oh yeah, wrap up our field office out there. You know, the one you worked in with your serial killer brother. Like, rude really yeah that's not her fault right don't you think that might be mildly triggering for her like maybe she hasn't totally gotten over that or at least isn't comfortable joking about it and if they have a casual relationship which it seems that they do because she literally blew him off when he asked her to go like for dinner or something to make a joke like that i was uncomfortable i was like dude read the fucking room that's why initially i was like okay he's just that sleaze he i wrote in my notes he reminds me of a combination of brett and charles because the ultimate the ultimate sleazeball right like he just had that that grin that i wanted to smack off of his face he and looks I, familiar I, but it ugh, i don't know why but can't place it but it was you know one of those things that i'm like here we go betty like just another reason to be in therapy that you're not even taking seriously but she went through yet another trauma uh, she hasn't, hasn't gone through, through enough. enough. She um, was a victim of the trash bag killer. Yeah, and by the way, I just want to go on the record. Uh-huh. I will smash my TV if Glenn ends up being the trash bag killer. I will punch somebody because it just seems like something Riverdale would do. And it I would... didn't even think of that, but now I'm really pissed off. I I will be so because you you're good at predicting things. No, but so I, now I'm upset. I, this can't be right because literally anyone close to Betty has turned out to be a serial killer. If they did it again, that would be such a pathetic cop out. It on would, their but part. if you think about it, it's seven years later, a completely different town area. How could this even connect? You know, like it yeah. would have to be a, a full investigation in itself. There is something sketchy about him, so if it's not 
that he's a serial killer, it's something else. And yeah. and that will come to light eventually. I, d- I mean, her... I don't def- like that they work together. It's unclear if he's her supervisor or not, which is He part- seems to be. He seems he does to be very, to be. very, like, you know, He's an established and, yeah. FBI dude. And that's why in the first scene when he, like, touched her hand, I was like, is this harassment or does she want this? Are they established? She I gave had a trouble. look, though. Like, she that's did. why I... When, Betty's not into this. When they kissed at the end, I'm She's like, wait a minute. She's this I'm whole thing. So confused. So, yeah. So, I find that incredibly uncomfortable. So, we'll, we'll, I'm I'm assuming we'll get more on that. But if he's not a serial killer, he is at least a creepy pervert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like one. So, that works. I do have to just mention that the flashbacks to her being captured by this guy. In the um, non-metaphorical pit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone has their pits. <laughs> yes. Clearly Betty In Betty's does. case, non-metaphorical. Very Silence of the Lamb-esque, mm-hmm. like I mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really could have just CGI'd Betty. Yes. It's a direct copy. A direct copy. It was, I mean, it was a good segue into her issue, but, you know, damn, she can't get a break. No, she Seven really can Seven years later, she cannot get a break. Yeah, I, I do think that... Um, I'm enjoying Betty's new story the most, but that's probably because I'm just kind of obsessed with true crime. So like, I'm oh, very, I'm very much same. into the murder mysteries. I like that a lot. However, um, it is basically like she's doing the same shit that she was doing in Riverdale. It's just now we can kind of take her more seriously because she's graduated high school, she's graduated college, and she's actually working with the FBI in a training program. So now we just kind of give more credibility to her investigational skills. But she's essentially doing what she was doing all along. And I have to say, and I'm going to apologize in advance in case I do this, because I did it all the time when I was writing my notes. Um, I kept typing BTK instead of TBK because of the BTK serial killer that exists in actual life and I think that can't be an accident that they are so close together well we know clearly Riverdale likes to use references references. yep that was that was nicely insane wasn't it Uh, but you can you can absolutely bet that I will be very carefully paying attention to whatever this TBK individual does to see if there's any parallels or clues that we can glean from the BTK situation mm-hmm. to potentially lead us in the right direction. But I'm very much into this storyline, despite how recycled it is. <laughs> it is recycled. I think they're going to work it pretty well. I'm just going to be very upset, like you mentioned, if... It's Glenn. If Glenn turns out, yeah. It's going to bother the poor shit Betty. out of me. And honestly, poor Betty. <laughs> she can't well, trust again, anybody. She has the gene. Maybe she just attracts it. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, maybe that's part of it. I just have a quick sidebar here. So the the nightmare that she has with the cat, the cat oh she has with Toffee making those horrible sounds. I mean, this is actually a sidebar to my sidebar. Both of my cats sat up straight with their ears perked when they heard that sound. They were not pleased. They know murderers. Yeah, they were not pleased with the sound that that cat was making on the show. But aside from that, when presumably the the TBK comes at her with a chainsaw, (laughs) it seriously triggered me because I had sort of an incident in a haunted corn maze when I was in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm making I'm making a huge 
gesture gesture at Lisa because I have the same one but go for it (laughs) well I'm not gonna go into too much detail that's basically what it was I was traumatized in a haunted corn maze by a man with a chainsaw who chased me with said chainsaw so literally when that happened I flew back in my seat and I was like oh my god I do not want this I do not like it's not a good one I because I had a similar one I was at Six Flags a friend of mine Mm. we were walking through a maze I knew the first couple of things were fake and then I see the guy with the chainsaw and I know he's not and a friend of mine decided I was on the far end where I couldn't be near him he took me and pushed me into the chainsaw guy and ever since then um yeah when I hear a chainsaw being revved I it's it's triggering so when does this guy have a face what's going on (laughs) yeah it was it was very concerning to me so I you know what maybe I should be in therapy too Speaking of people who should be in therapy, man, of all the storylines, this was the most baffling to me. Cheryl Blossom. What the fuck happened? Where did this come? I I was very confused as to where this came from. She's like a recluse now. She yes. doesn't leave the house. No. And she makes counterfeit paintings. I, I, I that was that I couldn't I couldn't tell if she already makes counterfeit paintings or if she's like getting into the biz. But Nana Rose is clearly encouraging, you know, art fraud. <laughs> so. I, I was just, first of all, I didn't know she could paint that well. Well, but she's had seven years to work She on. has, <laughs> you know, because they're redoing Thornhill. And it's just, oh. she just, you know, we left last week knowing she wasn't going to go to college because she was going to try to revamp everything and make a better name for herself and the family. And now she's, I was just very, her coldness. I, I, I. She's so detached. Very. I mean, it's as if she blocked out any and all memories she ever had with anybody or any situation. And it's right. Like, it's almost like something happened to her. Because when we left her, she was sad, but she was determined to make things right. right. And it was a voluntary situation. I feel like she's kind of trapped in a way, and it's involuntary, and she's being forced into something oh interesting do you have a theory i don't have a specific theory it's literally coming to me right now but okay as we talk about it because being able to talk to somebody about it now you flesh things out things but now that i think about it there's something wrong there's something happened she's like a robot in a way yes i i wrote in my notes i was like it's like she spent the last seven years being abused by the sisters of quiet mercy like it has that vibe something has happened to this person because this is not the cheryl that we knew and the Cheryl that we left was optimistic that she could fix things and that she could eventually go back to Tony and reignite that relationship. But this Cheryl has given up hope. She's broke. She's Why? so broken. And it's and it's scary because, I mean, yes, is Cheryl a bitch? Always has been. Yes. But she's also had other qualities where right now she's stuck in this, like, I don't know what it is. It's like a proverbial hell. She's, and she's... She's in a metaphorical pit. She's in a metaphor. She's in another pit. I'm telling you, there's pits (laughs) everywhere. But I feel like if they, like, pan to her ankle, she'd be chained to something. That's, Mm. that's the vibe I got. Yeah. I I mean, it could be. We don't know where Penelope's at at this point. She was anticipating being out of prison by now. I think if anything sinister is going on, it must be connected to Penelope. Every other Blossom is dead besides Nana Rose, so it would have to be Penelope. 
But something has happened to Cheryl, and I'm assuming we're going to get more information on that. The whole Winchester thing was weird to me and kind of annoying because the, the Winchester curse or whatever that is makes more sense because, yes, their family was in the gun business. Cheryl's family was in the maple syrup business. Two They are things. not the same thing. And whatever the Blossom curse is, I, I don't really know. I mean, it just seems like bad things happen to Blossoms. But but not because of any one thing that they did. Because Jason was technically an innocent. Right. I don't get it. I don't understand why any of this is happening. I hope we get more clarity on it. It was just kind of the last thing I expected to see from Cheryl. And to be honest, I'm not Cheryl's biggest fan, but I think that she's had enough suffering in her life between losing her brother and her mother trying to repress her sexuality and all the other horrible things that go on within the Blossoms that maybe this seven-year jump into the future should have been good for her. Instead, it was the complete opposite, and it was just very sad. And and I, I, I just feel bad for her. And she's very, she seems extremely lonely, but at the same time, she's blocking people out. But I don't think therapy would be a good option. It would. <laughs> just throwing um, that out there. She's blocking people out, but I don't think that's her choice. Again, I find there's something going on. There's something going on. I'm also very surprised that Nana Rose is still alive. Yeah, man. How old is Nana Rose? We don't know. Again, time is yeah. not real. Not consistent. Although we did get confirmation that it's, it's 2021. 2021, which is kind, so kind of baffling. We were, what year would it have been? Uh, Seven years ago? 2014. Still, uh, there's and no conception of time in this show. No, no. And none of it makes sense. And I think we really shouldn't pull at that thread too No, much. I'm not. But I think they, they went from timeless, that nothing happens, yeah. to... We have a definitive year. Yeah, I did find that a little bit odd because that is kind of one of the things that Riverdale likes to do and like play with the boundaries of time and space. And by pegging themselves into one year feels kind of like a strange choice for them, especially since Jughead was writing on a typewriter for no no reason other I think than it he's was a pretentious douchebag. I think it was for the look. I mean, his whole apartment is for the look if we're going to be... That's true. Real. I actually, I, you know, ugh, this really hates me because <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this, like, this really bothers me because I loved Jughead in the early seasons of Riverdale. And I just hate him so much now. He is so insufferable, so arrogant, so difficult to handle. He took a he took a turn just like Cheryl kind of did. Like I he didn't he didn't I could I honestly could see this going for him because he always had writer's block and he always went to Betty who helped him with his writer's block. And I think that's where his anger comes from. He doesn't have her as his outlet right now. His girlfriend, I mean, I don't blame her. He seemed like he was kind of brooding and just not fun to be around. What I do want to see more of is his literary agent, because that guy was amazing. <laughs> and I would love a Better Call Saul-esque spinoff of this he guy. He <laughs> gave the vibe like you would not believe. I love him so much. He gave it to Jughead so straight and like Jughead asked for it straight. And he was like, dude, you're a lazy piece of shit. That's not what he said, but that's basically what he basically said. Basically what like, he said. Yes, yes, say it again. Say it louder because Jughead can't hear you apparently. He's the only person in this whole episode that was talking sense. And I would love 
to hear more from him, but we probably won't. I, no. I don't think we'll ever see him again. So. <laughs> I don't think Jughead's going to get that second book out, that's for sure. But it's probably going to be about whatever goes down in Riverdale because he has no... Well, wasn't that what his first book was about? Given the cover, when they flashed the cover, it was snakes and... I felt like it was right, homage and, to and that, you know, the serpents and just Riverdale in that general. That sketchy girl in the bar who picked him up was like, oh, that romance between the snake guy and the cheerleader, or whatever she said. It was, obvi- yeah, it was yeah. obviously him and Betty is what she was exactly. to, which is kind of weird that then he was like, yeah, no, that was sexy. Let's go bone. Okay. They, oh, and they boned, <laughs> but she had an ulterior motive, which I don't know if that's going to come back to bite him in the ass or what. She did they threaten him. It made seem him. that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did threaten him, but you get what you deserve. I want to know why he's in such bad debt, and clearly it's with well, loan he's, sharks, he's not, obviously not like, working. you know, the bank. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> no, because here's... Here's my thing. It's hard to feel bad for Jughead because all of his problems are of his own making. Get a fucking job, asshole. If you can't write, if you can't earn your living... You have to do something else. Work as a waiter in a diner. You can find work. And to live in New York City... Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to have to. And for him, I can just imagine him being like, ooh, but like then I'll, I won't have any time for my craft. And Maybe it'll give you some incentive <laughs> and some ideas because you have the block. I, I just, I find myself very frustrated with him because for him to think that he can just rest on his laurels of that first successful book and be like, well, I'm just a really fabulous author. I just have writer's block. Dude, you're being evicted from your apartment. Now's the time to go work at Burger King, you know? Like, get a fucking job and stop complaining about how shitty your life is. You need a motivation to make that kind of career work. And his agent is right. Mm -hmm. He has no motivation to do it. God, I love that guy. I just want to be friends with him. (laughs) Jughead was the only one who hesitated when Archie called. Did you notice that? And looked miserable. Oh, <laughs> at Pops. We'll get we'll get to that, but that's all I noticed is how I miserable I he looked. I laughed aloud, but I mean, they all didn't look happy, but he looked like he wanted to murder somebody. Yeah, he didn't even smile. He didn't even crack a smile. Which, yeah, I mean, and maybe he has a right because he did come back to Pops to wait for them, and nobody showed up. And like, nobody they, showed, right? They like he was the first. one that kept the kept the pact, and nobody else did. Yeah, so perhaps he has a right out of all of them to to be upset about it, but. You know, he did go back, so... What did Archie ask of them when he called? Did he say that Riverdale's in trouble? Or did he say Pop's retiring? Because those were the crises that... I think they would only come back if it was Pop, not... Really? (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, they all left. I mean, I don't think they give a shit about Riverdale anymore. Mm, Maybe. I thought... Nobody else does. Well, maybe Archie made it seem like Pop was dead the way that... Oh, uh, my God. ...the show did. When the show started, it was like, wait, what's wrong with Pop? I put a sad face and question marks, because I'm like, do not tell me that Pop is dead. I was ready to get up and walk out. I was like, no, you can't kill Pop. You can't. Right? You can't do that. At the start of the episode. Yeah. I was angry then, but I was even more furious when they revealed that he was just retiring. Because I they, I knew then that they had yanked us around. I was not pleased. But with I feel like that's that the only way to get them all together. Okay, well, they all came back for Pop, I guess. But Archie's real quest is to save Riverdale from Hiram Lodge. And God, why does this sound so fucking familiar? Is it because Archie has been pitted against Hiram in a battle to save Riverdale like a million times? Yeah, but Riverdale's really worse off now. 
I actually question how they still have enough people living there to send enough students to school for Tony and Kevin to have jobs. Right. Because <laughs> they both work at Riverdale. They do. I mean, and decent jobs, too. I mean, she's yeah. a social worker. He's I have to say, drama though, teacher. well, she's the guidance counselor. Yeah, she wanted thing. a job in social work. Right. But then they closed that. down their Riverdale office because Hiram. But I have to say, though, I'm kind of disappointed where Tony's at because I think she's lost some of her gumption and chutzpah because she... She was such an activist when we first met her and was just very passionate about everything. She seems really complacent. You know, like she's not happy with what's going on in Riverdale, but she also hasn't really done anything to try and change it. And it takes Archie coming back and rallying the troops for her to try to fix anything. I think, though, also, she's not around people that are really, again, giving a shit. I mean, I'm not saying Kevin and Fangs don't care or... But she, when she met with Cheryl, that really was a downer. And then, like, I, you know, she's pregnant and we don't know who the daddy mm. is. I don't know. I feel as though everyone just kind of settled into their ways. And if we know from the past, anybody who's going to really give a shit, it's going to be Archie. So that was like her saving grace, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I guess she did find a new ally in Archie. I appreciate that the writers are trying to include her more. And this probably is directly related to when she spoke out about Riverdale sidelining people of color and the storylines of those people. Right. So I think that they are making an effort and good on them for, for doing I that. I do like how they set it up. Yes, I'll and give that them they that. included her with the core four at the end with Pops. They were like, oh, Archie was like, oh, you're involved in this too. And that was nice. I feel like they're still shortchanging her character a little bit. I think yeah. they could do more with her. I do like, though, that they made her... Oh, she got the serpents back together. They're able to keep Pops open because now the, the, white, worm. the white worm is in the <laughs> 2. basement. 2.0. <laughs> right, is in the basement, which it looks phenomenal, to be honest. I think it looks really good down there. It doesn't seem like the serpents are a threat anymore. They're more just doing their thing. They're truckers now. Yeah, they're truckers. They're driving truck routes, which is interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes money over the long term, but I have more to say on that later. But we're we're gonna stick with Tony, <laughs> Tony and Riverdale. Oh yes, right we do now. have to talk about truckers later. Did you feel like I felt like that day when Tony took Archie around Riverdale to show him what a shit heap it was? That felt a lot like a Christmas Carol to me. <laughs> and she was like filling the role of the ghost of Christmas present, showing Archie all the things that went wrong after he left. And like, and this is the fire station that burned down pretty quickly. <laughs> and then here's Skid Row, where all these homeless people live and they're Which dogs. is now Lonely Alley. What is it called now? No, no, they call it, it was Sketch Alley, right? Oh, and then it, Sketch and Alley. And it was Skid Row. Now they call it Skid Row, which is stupid because Sketch Alley is actually a better name. Right. But it has all these rabid dogs. But it felt very much like she was like, Like, oh. this is what happened because you left. Exactly. They visited all of the burned out bus stations. And, <laughs> and of all the things to be upset about, Archie is very concerned about where the people sitting for the buses are going to wait. Where are they going to sit? It's the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to Riverdale. The bus stations are burned out. 
there's an innocence there for him where if maybe we had seen anybody use a bus station i it was only him the and only, it wasn't even a bus station it was just a bench on the side of the yeah, road yeah the only time in recent history was that last episode where he was going off to the army and there may have been times before that but not enough that the bus station should have held any sort of sentimental value the fact that he was so outraged that there were no bus stations for people to sit at right oh my god that was that was hilarious i couldn't (laughs) also there aren't any official laws against riding a motorcycle while pregnant but i just felt like that was a really unnecessary that was i i felt a little uh, like i was a little off with that yeah i had to look it up to make sure that it wasn't actually illegal and it's not but your balance is off especially if you're like heavily pregnant the way that tony is Mm -hmm. and also you're you're just more exposed and that goes for pregnant and non-pregnant people like Mm -hmm. you are just more likely to be hurt if you got into some kind of accident just feels like something you probably shouldn't do at her stage of pregnancy but um, when she took him around though she brought him to his house his house was being rented out by the ghoulies this was literally my favorite moment of the episode do you know why because he's gonna go back to his old ways because he didn't go back to his old not ways. Not yet. Because Tony asked him if he wanted to go in there and crack some skulls. And he was like... He said, not yet. He said, I do. But we got to go do something first. And I thought that was growth for Archie. Really? I'll qualify that. For Archie, that is growth. Because the old Archie would have just stormed into that house by himself. He would have put himself. a mask on with a bat and he would have just... Exactly. Went, and up. then gotten the shit kicked out of him because there's probably like 20 guys in there and he thinks that he can fight them all himself. But no. I guess the army regimented him a bit. himself back and that is what I had hoped for him from the army. So that, I would like to applaud Archie for okay. that moment of restraint. I think that was great. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, I do need some clarity, though, mm-hmm. on what the fuck Hiram's doing with Riverdale and Sodale. I wasn't 100% a clear. A highway? A highway to get Yeah, so he's making a turnpike. F- Wait, okay, no, hold on. Here's what I have. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what I understand. Hiram is building a town called Sodale, which is to the east of Riverdale, and it's catered towards the rich folks who can commute into the city, whatever the city is, because we're not we geographically don't know where we are. located. But they're commuting into the city, and for some reason, he needs to strangle Riverdale in order to pump up Sodale. But I don't know what that means. I think that's the language that Tony and Archie used when they were talking about it. And I, I didn't understand why choking Riverdale would help Sodale. I didn't either. I also don't understand how Sodale is east when it should be south. Yes! Thank you. I had to correct my notes because I wrote, I was like, well, obviously Sodale is going to be south of Riverdale. And then when I watched the episode again, Tony was like, it's going to be a bit east of Riverdale. And I was like, what the fuck? That makes no sense. That makes sure. no sense. Should be E-Dale. E-Dale. Right? <laughs> How about No-Dale? Oh, snap. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I thought that maybe that he was trying to justify raising Riverdale to the ground so that he could build his turnpike through Riverdale. But that's not exactly what they said. They were just like, they he needs to cut off all the resources to Riverdale so that Sodale can get them. I don't know. It was not clear. And I guess that'll come to light eventually, but I don't understand. It made me really upset to hear, though, that, as you mentioned earlier, that Reggie is his right hand. You know what? Yeah, I was upset by that, too, but it also makes perfect sense. 
because he was constantly sidelined by his so-called friends. Veronica used him when Archie was gone. She pretended that she wanted to be in a relationship with him, but she was still in love with Archie the entire time. He had that whole thing where his father was abusing him Mm. and Archie tried to come in and be the hero about it, but nothing really got resolved on that front and that storyline just kind of faded away and just popped up every once in a while when it was convenient to be like, Reggie's got a black eye, blur. So... Poor Reggie. He's probably looking for acceptance, for validation, and Hiram is just the kind of smarmy scumbag to recognize that and be like, come under my wing, young lost boy, and let me like sculpt (laughs) you in my image. So it makes a lot of sense to me. And if anybody has just been slightly nicer to Reggie, this may never have happened. Yeah, I hope we get more of a backstory on that. I feel bad for Reggie. I think he, I do too. He really got the shaft from the writing and, you know, from all the characters on the show. He should have gotten a lot better than what he did. Now, when we see the gang all together at Pops, this girl walks in. Squeaky. Squeaky. Lynette, I forget her last name. Fuck. I, f- I just put Lynette. Fields. Fields. She's getting out. She's getting out of Riverdale. She's done. She tells uh, the girl working there, you know. Pops' daughter. It is Pops' daughter? Or granddaughter? Granddaughter. Some granddaughter. She's too young to be his daughter. Right. Yeah, they're related. How did for I sure. not pick up on that? Uh, did they say it? And I was just deaf. I just assumed. Oh, maybe. And then I think maybe in the credits, her last name was Tate. Oh, okay. That that's a nice segue. Like <laughs> Sorry. Um, continue. No, it's okay. So she's saying that she's getting out, and we all know that venturing out in the dark in Riverdale when it wasn't a ghost town was kind of shady, and mm-hmm. she decides to hitchhike. And we get a Jughead voiceover, which I miss them, even though we got it last week. This and was classic Jughead voiceover. It was, and I loved it, but she gets picked up by a truck driver mm-hmm. that we don't know. He's got a skeleton on his grill, though. He does. That didn't seem like a giant red flag. I wrote in to. my notes, she gonna die. Yeah. That's what I put. The narration made it seem that she's it's not really good for her. No. And I think what we're supposed, or at least the what I assumed, is that this is the, the TBK killer. Oh, that's what you're thinking? Yeah. I, I think, well, <laughs> maybe this is dumb, but I, no. I'm i thinking that Betty's investigation is going to overlap with whatever is going on in Riverdale. Because otherwise... That makes sense. Because she, if she's going to be in Riverdale trying to help save Riverdale, she's also going to have to be able to work on this other case. I feel like that would bring back your theory about Glenn. Yes. Because, again, we don't know... Is he a truck driver? We don't know. Well, that we don't know. (laughs) But we don't know distance of places. Right. Like, we don't know how far Quantico from Riverdale is. We don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know how far... Because they were in New York, so... Well, to... They were all in New York. Yeah. They were all in New York. Because Archie was in Yonkers. Yep. Veronica, the Upper East Side. Jughead was Alphabet City. Alphabet City. So where's Quantico in relation to all Quantico that? is in Virginia somewhere. So Riverdale's got to be Somewhere in centrally located. Yeah. <laughs> but what I wanted to connect back to with this whole squeaky being abducted by a truck driver thing. So the serpents now drive trucks. I was going to say that. So it could be two different scenarios. Who knows? They're laying breadcrumbs for us right now. So I'm trying to pick them up and put them together and it's way too early they just haven't given us enough information for us to be able to see what's happening here but i think we should make note that the serpents are driving trucks and that this person who picked up squeaky who is likely in my mind to be the tbk is also driving a truck 
Now, what what's the name of that other serpent? I always forget his name. Sweepy. Sweepy. What if? I hope not, because I always liked Sweepy. Me too. But I but he's like the only other serpent that we know. He is the only other serpent. Unless that Unless they're going to bring back War Baby again. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Or just like some other random. Let's just name drop somebody else. That's my greatest fear here is that they're going to pull somebody from the recesses of the show. Is what's her name still alive? Oh, God, Penny. Penny Peabody? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But she's not a serpent. She's a ghoulie. Eggs. What? They wouldn't notice that she's driving a truck as a serpent when she's a ghoulie? Or she could just have a truck. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying they brought, they reintroduced us to the ghoulies because they're staying at That's true. Archie's yeah, house. the ghoulies are so So there could be some incorporation there who knows but it would be interesting yeah we don't we don't have enough information yet i feel like right now we're grasping it's it's the part of the i don't know if you like to do jigsaw puzzles but my family was always big on the jigsaw puzzles and you know what you do first is you just kind of like lay all the pieces face up and you try and group the ones that look similar and you know do the edges and stuff Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing now we're grouping the pieces that look similar we're trying to get an idea of what trying to form edges here looks like but we just we, we we're not done. We we have a lot of work to do. We have and a lot. we have a I'm lot of stuff. I'm very excited for next week to though. So am I. I wasn't particularly tantalized by the preview because it didn't give us a lot of information. No. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with it. But I have to say, um, overall, I think I was probably a little disappointed with how much things stayed the same. Because we have Hiram as our villain. Archie as his nemesis. Um, We have Veronica continuing to be shady. Mm -hmm. We have Betty continuing to do murder boards. We have Jughead continuing to be a pretentious douche. And the Cheryl and Tony thing is just confusing, which it has been for a while. Right. And I would say that Tony had a little gross, but eh. I would have liked to see more growth for her. Yeah. So they they kind of missed their opportunity to to really advance things in a different direction. Just hoping that they don't really fuck it up at this point. Me too. Like you said, we can't really jump to any conclusions just yet. Well, if you'd like to email us any of your theories or thoughts or questions, you can get in touch with us at I hate it, let's watch it at gmail.com. And until then, that's endgame. Mm-hmm.